Before this episode starts, just a quick trigger warning that we do talk about weight gain, weight loss, fitness, calorie deficits, and things to do with eating disorder recovery. So if you don't feel like you can listen to that right now, please switch off this episode. Hey guys and welcome back to It's Your Life and This Is Mine, the podcast with your host Charlotte Emily Price. Today we have a special guest coming to join me. So we've got Rosie. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. Hello, I'm Rosie, Rosie Breen. On Instagram, I'm Rosie Breen with a little kiss at the end. (laughs) Um, So I met Charlotte this year, right? Mm -hmm. We met outside the uh, I was going to say Eiffel Tower then oh my god and outside the London Eye yeah. <laughs> for a little ice cream date we had um, spoken on Instagram a couple of times so then we met yeah we met off in person and mm-hmm. we just had we just connected like we had such a nice little chat together yeah I know I, re- I really recommend going on an ice cream date after yeah. we did that I was like that's why, such a great date why don't I we do this more you know you know I feel like every time I like see my friends going out drinking or like going out spending loads mm-hmm. of money on food or whatever but it's actually really nice to just go out and sit in the park like I feel like lockdown reminded mm-hmm. me that we can just go out for a walk or go out and sit in the park and yeah that's yeah. what we did and it was, really it was nice. so lovely yeah so I've got Rosie <laughs> on today basically because she's all about self-love like mm. acceptance but also keeping it real in that yeah. process as well so I thought she's the perfect person to come on and talk about that and her journey and how she now shares that with followers yeah no well thank you so much for having me on I'm really excited for this actually so I had a bit of a I'd say a self-love journey but I want to call it a self-love journey but only to a certain extent because I feel like it's a journey when you get started and when you're learning how to love yourself and really get in the swing of things but the aim of the journey and it's kind of similar to a fitness journey right is that by the end of it it's not a journey it's your life it's your lifestyle and it's just your new mindset and your new approach to life right so we'll call it self-love journey but it really I feel like that's a way to describe the start of it Mm -hmm. not the whole thing because when people say I've been on my self-love journey for five years I'm like that's amazing but in my mind I feel like that means you started like approaching things differently five years ago and this has become your new lifestyle that's what it's really about making it a lifestyle change rather than I'm gonna love myself to death for like a year and then suddenly yeah no I I agree like that's a good way to put it the journey it's like where your journey begins but there is never a destination and it's it's all about changing your mindset more than anything like that's where it, it that's where it is it's making a comfortable headspace where you don't compare yourself or you're not going back into old habits or even noticing and being self-aware of those small habits and pushing them to the back of your mind or like feeling them and then getting past it yeah it, it's exactly that nail on the head and I feel like I realized then you guys are listening and you couldn't see my head not nodding but the whole time <laughs> Charlotte was talking I was like yes yes queen exactly that mm-hmm. exactly that so shall we start from the beginning yeah so <laughs> do you want to sort of talk about like maybe growing up like how maybe body image affected your life yeah like definitely. is there like a moment where you remember it affecting your life or is there a moment when you were like oh this has been affecting me for a number of years yeah definitely so I want to start off with a bit of a preface to say I feel like especially young girls our age even older like my mum's age my aunties and girls that are younger than us we are such a product of our environment like we are conditioned to see life and do things and see ourselves in in a certain way because of society and because of the environment that we're raised in like I had a friend at school who her mum would fill her with so much confidence and only allow her to talk about herself in such a positive and uplifting way way 
at school, everyone was like, oh my God, she's so cocky. She's so arrogant, all this, blah, 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 blah. But all she ever did was respect herself and speak speak really nicely about herself, right? But it was misconstrued and everyone thought, you know, she's these negative things that she's really up herself. But in reality, she just really believed in herself and saw the value in herself. And it's so ironic that people once said to her, you know, you're so cocky, you're so this, you're so that. And now we're fast forward like 10 years after school and that's exactly the same thing we're all trying to achieve. And I think it's because we were so conditioned from a young age to, you're, you're boastful if you're complimenting yourself and that's not good. You need to be humble, you need to be modest. But why the hell do we need to be modest? Mm-hmm. Like, no, we don't. If I look good, I'm going to say I fucking look good. Do you know what I mean? Am yeah. I allowed to swear on this podcast? Of course okay. you can. <laughs> <laughs> you need to say I look fucking good. Do you know what I mean? But okay, let's go into it so I'll start with the start of my journey so I pretty much struggled with my body image like my whole life Mm. I naturally if you haven't ever seen me go on my Instagram now look at picture me okay (laughs) I naturally have um I wouldn't say super broad shoulders but I do have naturally carry a lot of weight in like my upper thighs and my legs and I have always had really wide hips when I was a little bit bigger my shoulders I carried a lot of weight in my shoulders as well so they looked broader and so growing up as a little girl and I was never naturally like this slim the slim little girl I always carried a bit of weight on me and I just always thought I was humongous and I just thought I was a whale and I thought I was disgusting and I had such a negative image of my own body and I felt so unconfident in how I looked on the daily basis and it was just so uncomfortable but I think when you've grown up feeling that way about yourself no one really told me otherwise of course your mum was like oh you look beautiful you look pretty but it's your mum so you don't really you kind of yeah. don't really digest what she's uh-huh. saying you just like oh it's just my mum whatever she has to say that exactly. that's what you always used to say I'd be like you have to say that you have to say that right and sometimes I'm like that with Henry he'll be like oh you look amazing today and I'm like oh. well now I'm like yes Han I do like thank you but sometimes I'm like oh you have to say that you know but yeah they don't they don't have to say that um so from a really young age um I did have a bit of a complex but because I was just that was my, the norm for me I didn't recognize it to be as much of a problem as it actually was and I didn't realize how much it affected me because that's all I knew mm-hmm. and all I knew was for me to walk around feeling this way about myself I didn't know any different so I didn't recognize it or address it and right up until like my 20s right mm-hmm. so talking about like moments I have two really specific moments when I look back and I my heart breaks for young Rosie. I cannot believe that A, this happened to me and B, that's how I felt about myself. So when I was in secondary school, um, I grew up in Ireland, by the way, guys. <laughs> so I actually am half Irish. Um, my dad's Irish, my mum's Indian. And Little side note, I, it's so weird because you obviously don't have the accent. Yeah. And I remember we just spoke about this recently <laughs> and you were like, yeah, I just got rid of it. I just got rid of it. Well, saying that, um, I've actually come this, okay, we're going to sidetrack for a second. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I have been speaking to a therapist for the last year or so and she very recently actually helped me realise my accent didn't just disappear because I moved when I was 15 back to the UK, right? I was born here. Moved back when I was 15. I'd lived in Ireland for 10 years. I thought my accent just disappeared. I thought, because I I was always grew up in performing arts, right? And I was putting on a production when I moved here. I was in summer camp, you know, shout out to, what was it called? Oh my God, what was it called? Oh, Star Maker. If anyone went to Star Maker, <laughs> if they're from the Berkshire area, you know the one. So um, 
I was putting on a production and we basically had three weeks to put on this production. It was like, that was a whole concept that we were gonna write script, rehearse and perform within a three week period. It was a challenge, right? So we're doing this and the coach is like, Rosie, get rid of this accent and no one can understand you. Put on an English accent or else we can't put you on stage. Mm -hmm. And me being me was like, right, yes sir, getting rid of it, just gonna do it. And I put on an English accent and I have never had my Irish accent again since then. That's so nuts. I'm sad because that's a great party trick. To be yeah. the girl with the Irish accent, like it does make you a little bit fitter, I can't lie. Yeah. And I, I lost those fitness <laughs> levels, you know, those brownie points. She's gone from a she's gone from an eight to a seven, but Shut she's up. a ten anyway. <laughs> so I lost my accent and I always just put it down to me just losing it. And yeah. I always said, Oh, I just lost it. But you're forced out of it <laughs> my therapist explained to me that was a total trauma response mm -hmm. i was i tried so hard to disconnect myself from the life that i lived and experienced in ireland not just because of my body image issues but because of so much shit that happened to me that when we lived there it was so traumatizing that when i moved over here it was actually a way for my brain to disconnect and for me to start a new life in england and also fit in not feel like an outcast not feel like an outsider because I didn't talk funny anymore I talked like everyone else right mm -hmm. and so I never realized that until very very recently mm -hmm. and it makes a lot of sense I have to say yeah. <laughs> okay so going back to the moments that I was talking about I was in secondary school and I must I don't know what year we start secondary school how old we are it's a little bit different to the UK I must have been like 13 14 mm -hmm. I go to secondary school and there's this boy called Jack in the year above and I will name and shame him because he's yeah, an fuck asshole him, <laughs> this guy yeah. called Jack I can't remember his last name we fucking and, hate you yeah we fucking hate you Jack um he was a couple years above uh, no he was one year above me and he would do this thing right the corridors were quite wide like I went to a really nice secondary school the building was lovely we had a church it was very Irish okay very Irish secondary school mm -hmm. St Augustine's College in Dungarvan if anybody knows it so I went there and he would do this thing when I'm walking down the corridor and it's a wide corridor right he'd be him on like let's say the left of me him and one of his other friends and him and um, no sorry him and one of his other friends on the left and two other friends on the right and he would do this thing where if I'm walking down the corridor and I would dread and I, when I tell you dread I would dread seeing this boy if I had to go to the toilet in between classes or if I was walking from one class to the other because he would literally walk up to me and then throw his whole body against the wall as if I'm so big and so fat and so horrible that he can't walk past me and I don't know why he started doing this to me. I never knew him. I never had interactions with him. And his friends would just stand there and laugh. So they're just, you know what? Your friends are just as bad as you because yeah. they completely condone that behavior. And he was a bully, you know? Mm -hmm. He was horrible. And I generally for a really long time didn't tell anyone. Like it must've been happening for at least a year before I actually spoke up and said something. Mm -hmm. But he kept doing that to me. And I felt so uncomfortable and so awkward. And like I said, I would dread seeing him. But my natural reaction in those moments was to kind of just like, looked down and at the start I just ignored it no sorry at the start I kind of like giggled because I was like oh what's going on like you know you just laugh because yeah, you feel I was really like, nervous what's going on yeah. yeah and then I just every time it would happen I would just look down and I dread and it generally gave me the biggest body complex because I do have naturally wide hips like I said and I wouldn't even say that a lot of the girls I went to school with were slim, but in my eyes, I only probably noticed them because I was so jealous of them. I wish that my body was so different. I wish that I was a skinny girl walking around. I didn't have these massive hips. And it's so fucking ironic because, and I know some people are going to say this is 
whatever but kim kardashian fucking changed my life when her body shape became the new trend and suddenly girls with curves and wide hips and small waists which is what i have became cool i I got so much fucking attention from boys and suddenly the way i felt about my own body changed for the better we'll talk about that in a minute though because the attention from the boys that's a whole other conversation but yeah so this boy jack would do this all the time and it was it was so difficult and I look back at me now when I was 13 14 years old and how that made me feel and I'm like wow like I can't believe someone actually did that to me some now. like rogue boy that you actually is no part of your life or no worth Literally in your no life relevance. can make you feel that way that yeah. is the sad part about it isn't it it even sometimes like flicks into my life now when we get horrible comments yeah and they if I get like an influx and how that affects me and I'm like why is how do these random people that I have no idea who they are have this much power over how I'm going about my day like that's actually so crazy why does someone that you don't know can have a control or input into how you feel about yourself Mm. your relationship with your body and yourself is the the foundation of the pyramid it is your it should be your absolute priority is yourself right and to allow someone else in in a way that they can like adjust and affect how you feel about yourself like that's a lot of control and power Mm -hmm. and I think as a young as a young girl I didn't understand that I didn't know that I couldn't recognize that but I also didn't know how to change that I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to stop myself from allowing people to have that effect on me and even to this age like I'm 26 years of years old now you're still learning how to do that I think you're Mm -hmm. learning how to do that forever and that's a real that really comes down to a form of like boundary setting and then learning that self-worth and that self-respect because when you have that self-worth and self-respect you're like excuse me who are you like I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna let you have this effect on me kind of thing you know what I mean Mm -hmm, for sure yeah so that was tough but there was another instance um and it I think it was definitely off the back of this where I just remember sitting in the car I was the okay I was the first out of my friends that couldn't sit on the swings anymore because my my hips were so wide. And if I wanted to sit on the swings, I had to cross my legs. That was like uncomfortable. And even that was like, a, a, that was tight, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't fun. I stopped going to the park with my friends at quite a young age because of it, because I was having this complex with my body. And um, I remember sitting in the car with my mum and we were going to ring college. Um, I really hope people who are listening to this, I'm going to send this to everyone. <laughs> I hope people who are listening to this know Ireland a little bit and they know about the college the like summer Irish college school system so you basically go to uh, like summer school most mm-hmm. people do um, and in a weird way in a very backwards way it was the cool thing to do <laughs> you go to summer school and you spend like at least three weeks at this well we our local one was called Ring College and we'd stay there and you just learn how to speak Gaelic for three weeks and you're not allowed to speak any any English while you're there. You can either board or you can stay at home. We never boarded because we didn't have a lot of money growing up. My parents couldn't afford it. And it was like a 20 minute drive for them. So they're like, why am I not just going to drive 20 minutes in the morning to take you there and pick you up at the end of the day? Do you know what I mean? Some people drive that to school like normal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was in the car. My mum was driving me in the morning, one morning to Ring College and for me this college each year each summer because people from all over Ireland because you could board right would come to this college it was almost like a fresh start every Mm -hmm. summer it was like a little break from reality a little break from being at my school during the year and like you get three months off for summer in Mm -hmm. um, Ireland right so you have a lot of time so spending three weeks there was not a lot and it was just a little break from everything else. And it was almost really refreshing because you go there, you're put in a classroom, you make tons of friends, you have an amazing time, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic, blah, 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 blah. But of course, like the human race being the human race, 
things still occurred that would occur at my normal school. So there were still bullies, there were still people that weren't very nice, but equally there were actually so many more people that were so much nicer. That, and I just remember having such nice friends mm-hmm. and I had an overall good experience here. But I went and I was sitting in the car and I remember looking down at my legs and I'm gonna I'm gonna show Charlotte now while we're doing this and we're recording so maybe you guys can mm-hmm. see but I remember sitting down and like you can see now my thighs overhang very slightly overhang the chair when I'm sitting like this mm-hmm. how you'd sit in the car and I remember just getting my arms pressing them down on my thighs where I wanted them to cut off and I looked at my mom and I was like I just want to be this size I don't want to be this size I just want to be this size and my mom looked at me in like complete shock like what like where has this come from what do you mean mm-hmm. I had never spoken to anyone about how I was feeling about myself and I don't want to like dig my mum out right I love my (laughs) mum but she I think she was also brought up in an environment where self-love wasn't very prominent and so my mum's a very comes from a very strict Indian family but clearly Mm -hmm. not strict enough because she married a white man right (laughs) so (laughs) she just didn't have that experience or that awareness of you need to teach your daughter self-love you need to teach your your daughter how to be kinder to herself and your son right we're not discriminating here everyone who they she he anyone so she just looked at me and she was in total shock and she was like well why do you feel that way she wasn't reassuring in the way that she was like you're beautiful you look amazing blah blah blah. i never really got that from my mum or from anyone really from a young age but she was still shocked and she really questioned me on it. I'm so grateful that she did because that's when I told her about that Jack guy from school. And I said how he made me feel and like what he was doing. And straight away, we're in the middle of summer. She calls up the principal and it's a small town I lived in. She's got the principal's mobile number, okay? She calls him up and she's like, this has been going on. She was furious. She was outraged. Calls him up, let, lets him know. And he has scheduled a meeting in the middle of summer with the school like I don't know what the the name of the role is but it was like basically the woman that like looked every after everyone like the community mm-hmm. person the person yeah. that looked after kind of looked after people's mental health but not yeah there is a word for it isn't mm. there and I can't remember because I literally like lived with the person yeah. who did that in, in sick form when I went <laughs> through like, my most traumatic time but yeah. there is a there's a word for that person that like a support or a something i feel like calling them a support worker doesn't do them justice no, because no. they have the ability to literally kept me alive. Alive. yeah <laughs> literally so i was oh, anyway we had a meeting with the principal with her with jack and with me and our parents and they well they took me in separately first and they were like explain to me what's happened we're gonna pull him in straight after and i explained to her what had happened and i was just I, I, looking back to it, from what I remember, I'm pretty sure I, I pretty much dismissed it as I was saying it to her. And she said, what else did he say? And I was like, oh, he just calls me fat and things. She goes, sorry, what does he say? And I was like, he calls me, he calls me fat. And then I told her about what he does in the corridor. And her reaction was, like, she was outraged and she was so disgusted by it. And then such shock, she was, it just made me for a minute realise actually how severe this is that he was doing that to me. I just, I didn't mm-hmm. realise because... Mm-hmm. I didn't know any different, you yeah. know? And her reaction actually was like a little, like, alarm bell in my head. Like, Rosie, this is not okay. When people make you feel that way, that is not okay. Mm-hmm. And they are the two points and the two moments in my childhood that I remember really struggling with my body image. And then I fast forward to today, and I'm so grateful for that woman and my mum's reaction at the time. And also for the principal for reacting and responding so quickly. Yeah. Like, we they told him off I think he was suspended for a few days but he came straight back to school and he carried on doing it he didn't learn his lesson we hate you Jack (laughs) he's gonna be like that for the rest of his life yeah literally and um 
and yeah fast forward to now like that's pretty much all that happened and um I guess that as well for you having that reaction from like your parent and from someone in a higher power it gave you like validity like you were saying Mm. and it probably I mean even though it could still affect you it maybe did it affect you less because you sort of knew that it was actually a him problem in a way like obviously it would still interfere with your life because you're young you're impressionable you're gonna take on comments from your peers and people around you yeah definitely I don't think I even realized it was a him problem until like recently yeah I still definitely still put that on me and on my Mm -hmm. body and it wasn't like oh someone's told him off and now I know that that's his fault I know he'd done something Mm -hmm. wrong but I still felt the same way about my body I still felt like I wanted it to change and I wanted to look differently and I wasn't happy having big hips so I am in sixth form I think it's the first year of sixth form and the last year of uh, GTSEs where Kim Kardashian's like at her peak in social media like Instagram's really popping off everyone's got it if you've not you're a weirdo kind of thing and seeing her be absolutely like praised and worshipped for her body shape which was so different to the body shape that I longed for my whole life like don't get me wrong she's still very slim and it's not fat that she's carrying like yeah maybe I don't know the BBL conversation the debate whether she's had work done whatever I think we all know that she probably has yeah but it was the whole concept of a different body shape being like longed for people suddenly wanted to have a bigger bum and they wanted to have wider hips and boys started to give me for like the first time in my life a lot of attention because I now had a desirable body shape and me being me I wasn't like oh you just like me because of this whatever I was receptive to that attention I'd Mm -hmm. never had it before and I was a little bit of a hoe I can't lie I was like texting boys back like had it having loads of boyfriends and I was like yes like I love this attention Mm -hmm. and for a really long time I would say very right up until recently I let that attention validate me Mm -hmm. if I didn't have attention from boys like I'm not pretty I'm not I'm not I'm not gorgeous I'm not Mm -hmm. all the ways I now feel about myself regardless of whether I got attention from other people or not Mm -hmm. and it was all about getting the likes on Instagram all the compliments on Instagram and people commenting being or like boys sending your own pictures to you and sliding into the dms and blah 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 but yeah, <laughs> so it was a change and it was a positive change in the way that I liked myself a lot more and I didn't have as many body image issues. But at the same time, it was such a toxic way to achieve mm-hmm. that because it was totally relying on other people's opinions and how other people felt about me. And it was just because of a change in society. But I still, to like at 18 years old, didn't recognize that's what was going on. I still just thought, this is me. This is just my life. Like, this is how things are. Mm-hmm. When did you start getting from this point then after the like attention with boys and that sort of change in body when did your like fitness journey come into play in this like story So I started messing around with the gym when I was 16 17 I went on the pill for the first time when mm-hmm. I was 16 um 17 sorry because of my first boyfriend his mum basically made me she was like we know you're gonna have sex so if you're gonna have sex you have to be on contraception and um I basically went on the pill from the pressure of that because I I refused to go on it for the first six months and she said you can't keep coming over to the house unless you're on the pill and I don't think that they that came from a a bad place from her I think she was trying to protect her son um inadvertently protect me right because she recognised that we were going to be having sex, right? As soon as we hit 18, um, 17, 18 kind of thing. And from her doing that, I think she had a bit of a lack of education mm-hmm. on how contraception can impact you. And so I'm on the pill. 
And almost immediately, my mood is like so low to the floor. Like I became so depressed, so anxious, and I completely lost who I was naturally anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was a pretty anxious person at school because of my experience when I lived in Ireland. Like I just, I never felt quite comfortable, but it was, it was like I was on steroids with it. Like it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize for the first little while that that was because of the pill. So I'm feeling shit. I'm crying all the time. I'm hating myself and my, I'm so like still to this day gutted, but my two best friends left sixth form and they went off to pursue their other, like other things that they had going on. And they've gone on to do really, really well, but I almost felt a little bit left behind. Like I'm still at sixth form because I want to go to uni and I don't know, I don't have other friends. I didn't know what to do. Like Mm -hmm. I felt really lost. But then on top of that, I had this boyfriend and he was like my first real boyfriend. He was pretty controlling when you look back. Like he wouldn't be comfortable with me wearing certain things and he would get really annoyed at me if I like was posting selfies on Instagram. He'd be like, oh, you're just like after attention from boys, this, that, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I I just like that picture of me. So I'm going to post it kind of thing. And he, yeah, he was pretty toxic, but whatever. But I'm on this pill and I'm so, so depressed. Right, so long story short, I come off the pill um, and just before I do, I have a meeting with the sixth form council again, like the mm-hmm. head of year kind of thing. And they suggest to like a way to help me get better, a way to help fight this depression is to exercise more. And that they really introduced me to the gym. And they said, instead of going out on antidepressants, just try the gym. And they were really anti antidepressants. So I said, okay, I'll give it a go. My parents are very anti-antidepressants as well. Like I'd pretty much gone up in an an environment where that wasn't Mm -hmm. an answer. That wasn't a solution. I think it's such a weird thing is it's like, you're not depressed. I think even now, like again, I love my mum, but I think it's just, again, lack of education and Mm. not being so open. But she was like, you're in therapy. Like what's wrong with you? Like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like I'm just getting it just to like work through like little things that have niggled away at me over the years and things. Like it's not, I'm not in the worst depressive mode. I'm going to like do something really bad. Like it's just I'm breaking things down and I'm just looking after my mental health in that way just like going to the gym helps me physically the therapy helps me mentally and she was like oh yeah like she's really understanding but I think it's just like panic mode antidepressants she she freaked out when I'd gone on them before as well but I was like I need them right now and when I was actually in a bad place at that time so I did really really need them but I think it is that just that yeah it's the stigma stigma. and and I think it's still very much embedded in the older generations yeah. and it's it is getting better but I stu- still do think that it is sort of like rooted in them yeah almost. definitely I think when you say you're in therapy if you have an older mindset and I say older but that's we're only just getting out of that now yeah, right yeah. so if you have a different mindset to probably what we have now in our generation it's that you're going to therapy because it's the worst thing something's really bad happened or it's the worst thing in the world it's the last resort right before before you know you really hit rock bottom or you've hit rock bottom you're in therapy but in reality it's healthy to talk and it's healthy to talk to a professional like they say a problem shared is a problem halved well you talk to your friends about things but imagine talking to someone who gets to know you psychologically and can actually help you in the way that you need helping that's what therapy is you know mm-hmm. for me anyway yeah and so um no I love that you do therapy I think I think it's such a healthy and positive thing for you to do sure. and you've said you know it really does help you and mm-hmm. that's what it's about at the end of the day yeah I think it's the fact that I feel more in control of like my headspace yeah and I think I'm a control freak so I do think <laughs> it helps me out in that aspect of my life like knowing oh I respond to this way in situations because of this that's happened to me like mm. I like those logical like connections and even if I can't fully connect them or work them out, like 
they'll be at least explained a bit more by someone who's professional and it's just nice to know that there's some person who knows like my story without having any judgment yes or even feeling like you're a burden to someone not that you are but but offloading. you feel that way often and right? yeah and like offload I feel like it's unfair almost to like offload to my to one person constantly like yeah. I do feel like it is a lot of pressure like to just put all my shit on one person so it is nice to take that away to someone else yeah definitely and I think like even I know we're digressing a little bit but yeah, even <laughs> even when I offload to Henry about stuff and I have in the past before I like sought therapy I knew that he felt this immense pressure to always say the right thing in response as well because mm-hmm. if he didn't then he felt like he could make my situation a lot worse and it is a lot of pressure to put on someone else and mm-hmm. Do you know what? It's not necessary. If you can afford to go to therapy and it's an option for you, then I I am so for it. Even if you don't think there's anything wrong in your life right now, just go and talk if you can, because I think it it really does help for sure. I'm such an advocate for therapy. I love it. I think everyone should go to therapy. Mm -hmm. But they say our generation is going to therapy because our parents didn't. And Mm -hmm. for me, that's so true. Mm -hmm. I'm in therapy because my mum and dad, definitely my dad needed to go to therapy and he didn't. And now I've suffered off the back of him, Mm -hmm. of his treatment and his like misconduct. (laughs) And now I'm in therapy because of it. And I I really back that. I think Mm -hmm. that's so true. And even like... Uh, for like a few weeks ago or a month ago like I'm sure he won't mind me saying it but my dad was like oh, I'm getting therapy at the moment like da, da, da. like he's getting it through the NHS or like through some sort of program that he's doing at the minute and it was just so nice to hear him like yeah. openly talk about that and he to be fair is actually quite more even more so open than my mum men- mental health wise and because he's had his own struggles through life like it's quite nice to just hear like a, even like just a grown man like my yeah. dad talking about that sort of thing because you don't see that very often and his dad like my granddad he would always keep his stuff to himself yeah. so it's nice to just see him sort of almost break that cycle especially as a man as well right mm-hmm. because men really like I don't know what it is, is it their ego their pride or their lack of knowledge of how therapy can help them but a lot of the men in my life will not go to therapy Mm -hmm. because they don't think it's the right option for them they think it's a girl's thing to do apart from my brother shout out to my brother because my brother is all for therapy he is all for talking to people and he yeah he's he's a great example (laughs) but yeah so it's really good that your dad's going yeah that's that's amazing yeah anyway back back to you when we (laughs) went went on a bit of a tangent but yeah Yeah. where where were we we were talking yeah what did i say i was waffling so much we were talking about fitness and then they so the doctors basically not the doctors the oh yeah health, the school the school, the school was sort yeah. of were like oh maybe you should exercise some more so right? my school basically said instead of going on antidepressants consider getting into a healthy gym mm-hmm. routine and exercising and moving your bodies and guys that fucking changed the game for me i'm not exaggerating i came off the pill and i started going to the gym and it wasn't about what my body looked like obviously in the back of my mind i wanted to lose weight i wanted to have a flat stomach and a bigger ass <laughs> yeah, yeah even bigger but I just felt so amazing I just felt so much better in myself I had this buzz you know like that post-workout buzz when you've really you know you've pushed yourself you've done really well like I just the endorphins they were everywhere they were flying they were like a cloud of endorphins around my head and immediately I felt so much better and I want to also add um I was in the process of breaking up with this boy at the time Mm -hmm. as well which is why I came off the pill because I'm not gonna have sex anymore (laughs) but I came off the pill and I just saw such transformation from coming off the pill and also from going to the gym and that was my first real experience with the gym and with fitness but we fast forward now and I'm going to take us straight to university. Mm-hmm. So I go to university and I do not have a gym routine. Uh, my gym buddy was a friend from A-level and we like she lived like three hours away. We're not going to the gym together anymore, mm-hmm. right? So 
I go to um, I go to university and I don't have a gym routine and I am on the injection, the contraceptive injection. You know the one you get in your bum? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm getting that every three months. That makes my appetite go through the fucking roof. Like, it was crazy, my appetite. And I thought at the time it was a lack of self-discipline because it's the first time I'm, like, buying my grocery shop, I'm cooking all my meals myself, I'm at university, I've got all this freedom, I can eat and do whatever I want when I want. And I generally thought, this is not the injection, this is me. I just don't have any self-discipline when it came to came to food. And when I look back now, I know I had such a bad binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually very grateful. And this is a little bit, little bit of a, what's the word? Um, not a contradiction. You know when you say something and you're like, this is a little bit different to what people say. A controversial opinion. Yeah, controversial opinion. That's the word, that's the word. Um, so this is a little bit controversial, but I found not labelling or understanding that was a binge eating disorder at the time that really fucking helped me. I think if I thought or if I knew that that was binge eating at the time, that I would have spiralled. I don't think I would mm-hmm. have come out the other, the, the other end. And I've come out the other end now, but it really worked for me not knowing. So I um, was binge eating 24 7 i would starve myself all morning because i'd eaten so much the night before and then it comes to nine ten o'clock at night and i'm in the kitchen and i, I am i'm a lot of the time and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it anymore but i still carry a little bit of weight like i would secretly eat basically i would take all my snacks or take my food i would cook when i knew no one else would be in the kitchen and then I would go into my bedroom and eat because I didn't want anyone anyone to know how much I was eating. Mm -hmm. And I would carry this shame so internally, I would never speak about it, but day in, day out, that was my life for so long. And I was in a really toxic place as well. Like it was the first time moving out of home. And Mm -hmm. I think my home relationship, like with my parents, it's important to touch on, I'm not gonna get into it, but it's not the healthiest. And moving out of home for the first time, like I had basically been waiting since I was like 10 years old to be able to move out of home. Mm -hmm. I did not have a good childhood when it came to my parents and so I also had this thing going on where I'm like oh my god I'm finally I'm finally free I'm Mm -hmm. finally out of I'm out of home and so in my head like mentally I'm like oh my god I can do anything I want so Mm -hmm. there came the overeating the overconsumption but also the lack of the foundation where if I had a problem I had someone to talk to I didn't have someone I can talk Mm -hmm. to my sister's my best friend and I absolutely idolize her but we were not this close when I was at uni she bless her she's so sweet I love my sister when I look back I I realized she was trying so hard to look after me when I was at uni but I felt she was overbearing and that she was mothering me and I literally would shut her out and we would fight all the time because I had the issue and I totally know and recognize now that she was she was just trying to look after me and protect me so I didn't feel like I could speak to anyone and I was in this really toxic relationship with a guy I was he was quite manipulative again. I don't know why I had this type growing up. I guess I guess they say, you know, yeah. you know. So I wasn't in a good place in any shape or form. And the, he would say to me, right, and I don't want to put this on him because I know it's relevant to my contraception as well and also my home environment, but he would say things to me like, if I didn't finish my pizza, oh, you're so boring. Like, why don't you just eat everything? Like, why don't, you, why don't you just eat it kind of thing? And he would put pressure on me to always finish what's on my plate. And I look back now and I know, like, he had such a complex with his own body. He was very tall and slim and he was so insecure about that. And he would completely project that onto me. Mm-hmm. And he, where I had gone from feeling quite good about my body, because, you know, I got all that attention when I was 17, 18, and I let that validate me for mm-hmm. such a long time. And... 
I had gone from feeling quite good about myself to feeling fucking shit and I was just putting on weight each year. From the start of uni, I was a size 10, right? The mm-hmm. end of uni, I was almost a size 18. In mm-hmm. three years, I had gone up that many dress sizes mm-hmm. and I thought, fucking hell, like, I was in such denial that I was putting on weight. I didn't have a good relationship with the gym. Like, I'd try to join at the start of every term mm-hmm. and then never go. And I was just in such a shit place with it all, right? And then it came to the end of university and this is where it starts getting good, okay? So I finally, at the end of university, I'm like, do you know what? I need to make this happen. I need to lose the weight because I'm not myself. I tried that another three or four times. Nothing ever happened. I fell into Slimming World a little bit and I fell into Weight Watchers. But, and I'm so glad, some alarm bells are ringing in my head the day that I joined each of them. And I was like, this just doesn't make much sense. How right. do you, Yeah, how do you lose weight by not eating a banana when it's mashed up, but you can eat it when it's whole? Like... I'm glad that it didn't make sense because I never fully bought into it off the back of that. But then I just beat myself up because I was just like, well, you can't even like follow these programs and look Mm -hmm. at these people. They can follow the programs. But Mm -hmm. I'm now very grateful that my brain in a way protected me from doing that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I was on this holiday, this girl's Mm -hmm. holiday after finishing university. It's October and we finished in like april may time and it was my first friend's holiday which you're going on very soon as well which is exciting (laughs) it was a really good holiday you're gonna have the most amazing time but we had a great time but i where i had been in denial about my weight for such Mm -hmm. a long time it almost hit me like a ton of bricks on this holiday where i was the biggest girl in the group and i had never really been the biggest girl in the group and i must admit like that group in particular were very slim very attractive girls they are all absolutely stunning not inside they're actually pretty horrible inside i'm not friends <laughs> with them anymore but we won't talk about that but they're all very attractive girls right yeah, yeah. and i had this moment and my followers will know i talk i used to talk about this moment all the time right it was the towel moment i put this towel on after getting out of the shower and i had like this big gap all down the left side of my body right and i remember it so well like it was yesterday and i remember thinking to myself oh my god these towels are tiny i was in budapest right i'm like budapest people are tiny like my towels are tiny like what well, mm-hmm. i it doesn't even cover my whole body right mm-hmm. and then i go into the room everyone else is showered right Every, every single other girl is covered with their towel. No one has like this huge gap. And then I realized, it dawned upon me, it's not the towel, honey, it was me. I had gained the weight and it really just hit me like a ton of bricks then where mm-hmm. I was like, do you know what? I can't keep denying this, it's me. Like, I am my problem right now. And look guys, I wanna say there is nothing wrong with gaining weight and there is nothing wrong with being a bigger size than you once were. Like, that's a very normal and natural mm-hmm. thing to experience yeah. in life like weight gain is very normal and for a lot of the time it can be extremely healthy as well like people mm-hmm. need to, to gain yeah weight. and everyone's bodies are so different you are sometimes like the pro- like I, my body shape is the same as like my mum's so Ooh. i know that that's what my body's gonna Mine look like because I'm, I'm it's very like very similar and i'm yeah. like oh it's so weird like i'm like morphing into my mum. <laughs> everyone has different builds right so yeah. when you compare yourself to these people because i always had skinnier friends than me and slimmer yeah. slimmer friends not skinny i guess um, and I would always compare myself to them, like you're saying. But then there is like a point where you can get, gain or lose weight really unhealthily in mm. like a short period of time that it shouldn't be. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's not natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I'm sure. trying to say. And so that's exactly what mm-hmm. happened to me. And I gained it in an, in an unhealthy way. I had mm-hmm. a really unhealthy relationship with food. And I realized, you know what? I really need to fucking do something about this. Mm-hmm. I need to stop saying it. I need to stop 
trying and then giving up I look back and my methods were never sustainable which Mm -hmm. is why I couldn't ever sustain going to the gym because I didn't have an education on what to actually do at the gym so of course I'm not going to keep going and keep feeling good because it takes time and it you progress over a period of time you don't do it after one or two sessions so of course I gave up right when I wasn't seeing results straight away Mm -hmm. but um and also with the same with food I didn't have an education on food and as a whole I just ate food so um I thought you know what fuck this like it's time I have to do it now and I had this thing in my head I was still with my ex right and I had this thing in my head where I was like if I don't do this now like Mm -hmm. I'm never gonna do it when I was 18 I was like oh my god like I'm so old like to be getting into the gym now everyone was into the gym when they were 16 and then I got to 20 I'm like oh my gosh like I don't I'm I'm gonna be 20 and I'm still I'm still I feel the way I feel kind of thing like I should have dealt with this before in the past and that kind of narrative changed for me and I said well I'm 21 now or 22 I could be 23 and by the time I'm 23 I actually could be a lot happier so let me aim for that instead of beating myself up about the fact that I wasn't I'm not where I wanted to be however many years ago let me flip that and I could be in such a different place if I do this now and I made this promise in my head and it took a little like a little while like a couple weeks to really figure out that I was even making this promise So I made this promise in my head and I was like, do you know what, next year I'm just gonna spend the whole year on me. I'm gonna spend one whole year on me doing everything I need to do to lose weight. And Mm -hmm. to lose weight was the goal. To have a better relationship with food and with fitness was not even in the forefront of my mind. It was just, I just wanna lose weight. That's all I want to do. And I started losing weight. I I joined a a local independent gym, shout out Rock Fitness. They were literally the savior. They like literally gave me my life back going to that gym Mm -hmm. because it was classes only. So I was never going to the gym feeling lost and uncertain with what to do. I was going at 6.30 on a Wednesday night and at 7.30 I was coming home having done my workout, feeling an immense pump. The endorphins were above my head again. Like I was feeling so good and I really just fell in love with the feeling and I could see, I hadn't tried to even address food or look at food for the first two months, but I could see and feel such a difference in myself. I felt a little bit stronger and I was weighing myself all the time. The weight wasn't really budging at the start, but that's because my food habits were still pretty similar, right? Um, But I had in those two months lost two kg. And at the time I was like, oh my God, a kg a month, is that it? Like people lose like loads, right? So I was a little bit frustrated, but I did think to myself, okay, you've not looked at food. I'm putting so much work in by being so committed to the gym and doing this exercise. Like now, if I put the work in with the food, like that's just the next level. And I, it is a little bit toxic in the way that I just wanted to have the weight loss goal, but Mm -hmm. just having that weight loss goal is really simplified it for me. And by being in the environment where I was just doing classes and I was feeling good leaving, that made things work really well for me. So I'm actually forever grateful of the journey I went on with my weight loss. And um, I started looking at the food and what I had done is I was gonna get a PT, had some health stuff I had to sort first, but what he suggested to do was to put me in a calorie deficit. Just gave me a rough example of this is a calorie deficit. like this is the kind of number I want you to be aiming for. Um, My PT was called Dimmy and he was so 
patient and calm and understanding in the way that I didn't understand anything and he also didn't put me on 1500 calories a day he said I was quite big so I think he knew I was going to be eating more than probably what someone a size 10 or 12 was eating and he put me on uh, 1800 calories a day and the weight was dropping consistently every week I was losing at least one pound every single week or half kg every single week and I was like oh my god so motivated want to keep going fast forward another six months I've done a few weeks of PT as well and I had literally transformed I had lost about I want to say close to three stone in the first six to nine months and I'd lost a lot of weight and I had four stone as my goal in my head the whole time I literally plucked that number out of my that like thin air didn't really know why but I had that in my mind so mm-hmm. I was like I'm gonna keep going I'm gonna keep going I'm gonna keep going but in this period of time and this is where the self-love really comes in right I had subconsciously completely changed my mindset where I had gone from feeling so horrible about myself feeling so incapable and feeling so just negative I suddenly had this whole new mindset where I thought I'm determined I've developed self-discipline and the best way to develop self-discipline is to practice it so I developed self-discipline and in turn I felt so capable and to feel capable and empowered by that new capability and that new mindset you have my whole life just completely flipped upside down I suddenly felt so much more respect for myself Mm -hmm. and whilst I feel more respect for myself I had had this whole new Mm self-worth and then came the self-love and I was like do you know what have these moments of reflection where I was so proud of everything I was achieving Mm -hmm. everything that I was doing it helped me realize like I said I was so capable but it helped me realize that I deserve so much fucking more in life Mm -hmm. I don't deserve to continue to feel this way I feel about myself inside and it is now my job to do everything in my power Mm -hmm. to ensure that I get what I deserve Mm -hmm. and you may call it the selfish area if you want to call it your selfish area era sorry please do because be absolutely selfish Mm -hmm. and there is nothing wrong with being selfish be absolutely selfish and if one year scares you say i'm gonna do it for six months you know Mm -hmm. just fucking go for it and in that period of time where my mind frame had completely twisted I turned around and I realized how fucking toxic my ex was. I realized how horrible he was. And I, I thought, I don't deserve to put up with your crap all the time. I don't deserve you to make me feel the way that you feel. And I don't, you don't deserve me. I felt I'm such a catch. I'm so, I'm so, fa- I'm beautiful. I'm so funny. I'm so yeah. great. And I was really deeply in love with myself at this stage. And I was like, do you know what? You don't deserve me. And I walked away. I had right. tried to break up with him, that relationship probably like 10 times. and it was the manipulation I'm gonna kill myself if you leave me I'm not I can't live my life without you there's no point me breathing if I'm not with you and I always went back I always fucking went back and it's like what we were talking about before we start recording this episode today we were talking about how we are naturally empathetic people and you just you unless you recognize how much worthy you are and what you actually deserve and you have that respect for yourself you do fall for that manipulation because you don't don't want that to happen I don't want that to be on me I'd never I'd never forgive myself but that's what's going through that was what's going through my mind at the time and I realized you're just manipulative and I just want to put out there he never harmed himself in any way after we broke up he never did anything it was total manipulation you know and I managed to walk away one day. We broke up. We were upstairs in my bedroom right at my parents' house. And I laugh at this now because (laughs) I was so like, 
indecisive about breaking up I knew that's what I wanted my sister had sat me down being like do you even like him and I was like no I don't even like him so why are you with him but it's taken me so long I was with this guy for like five years bear in mind and I turn around at the end anyway and I literally say in my mind and I can't believe this is how my brain works I say if we wake up and he moans about something within the first two minutes 120 seconds of being awake I'm breaking up with him (laughs) and that's what happened I woke up he woke up and go how do you sleep he complained I said I'm done I'm done with this relationship and that was it and I am a little bit religious like I do believe in God and I was brought up in a Catholic community but also um Hindu community right I've mean, mm-hmm. got a little bit of a complex going yeah. on here but um my what I was saying to myself is God is giving me a sign to leave him if he complains within 120 seconds mm-hmm. and he did I don't even know if I timed it or whatever I don't think I did but he <laughs> literally complained the first thing he did and do you know what it's so symbolic because that's all he ever did was bring a negative like dollar my sparkle bring negatives into my life and he just moaned about everything and anything all the fucking time it was because he was so unhappy with himself right and I just said okay that's my sign from God goodbye and we broke up we have never spoken since we have never seen each other since we've not we used to live in the same town we literally never even crossed paths and I don't really know why but I'm forever grateful for it because I don't need to see him or speak to him yeah and um we broke up and that was a real turning point for me in my self-love journey because I finally done something I needed to do no matter how hard it was but I had done it for myself and it was the same with the fitness it was really fucking hard to lose that weight Mm. and I did it in a very slow and steady weight going to the gym um eating in a calorie deficit and you know I still had those holidays in between where I wouldn't restrict myself or I still had those weekend trips away with the girls mm-hmm. and I would still drink or I would, even just on a Friday night mm-hmm. if I really fancied a glass of wine and some popcorn like I'd have it so I did take the longer route and I'm forever grateful that I did because yeah. I haven't massively fluctuated because of it yeah. but that really showed me you are so capable of doing what you want to do you deserve so much more in life and then I fucking started applying it and I started doing it and I left him and I was just this whole new woman yeah exactly incredible shall we look at some of the Instagram polls I put up yesterday to like before we go into your like advice and sort of what you do now online like now you've got your like sort of story out there and everything let me get them up First question I asked on the Instagram is how do you feel about your body image most of the time? And so the options were very negative, negative, neutral, positive, and very positive. What do you think is the most? I would say negative. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Is that not what people said? Quite a lot of people have put neutral. Oh. More people have put neutral, which is actually like kind of a nice shift, but I guess That's nice this shift. could be, let's bear in mind as well every single time that this is going to be biased. It's my audience. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, legit. And our audiences are, are actively seeking a better relationship with their bodies and themselves. Mm-hmm. So for them to feel neutral is actually, that's where my heart's so yeah. warm. That's so nice. That's so nice. So 38% is neutral and then the next one is negatives and what's the percentage that's 33 percent. so it's not like massively under that's mega progress though but it is progress that's amazing oh my god guys i'm so proud of you i I love that no good for you guys look it's gonna take time and you're all on a journey Mm -hmm. and you'll get there one day and when you get there you'll you'll know you know when they say you meet the love of your life when you know you know it's like that when you fall in love with yourself when you know you fall in love with yourself you know you will get there so keep going yeah and also you will have those negative days but overall like the overbearing 
emotion will be the neutral one or yeah. even the positive one so the next one i've got is would you like to have learned more about body image in schools because mm. something someone messaged me about and i thought that's an interesting question um and that was 78 percent yes oh my god and 20 percent put unsure and two percent put no wow i would be really I'm, i should have actually done a little question box like if you pick no like why do why? you think that's a bad thing because i think i guess it's like if you, you'd have to touch on it in a way that is sensitive mm. because you are again at the end of the day talking to minors and that can have a massive effect on yeah. their later years definitely and also i want to i want to butt in here and say for some people they didn't develop a negative body image until they were much later like in the into their 20s or even 30s like postpartum mm-hmm. like whatever they might have developed it so much later then they talking about it so much in school may have caused them to hyperfixate on it at yeah. school when mm-hmm. that wasn't something that actually they naturally did but i love that a lot of people said yes i think the the crazy thing is is that it's so it's so scary the idea of introducing this as a topic at school right mm-hmm. it's i think it can have a lot of positives it can have a lot of negatives but you have to be so careful with who's given the responsibility to Mm -hmm. talk to the people about it because god if my mum like my mum would have the best intentions to talk to people and help educate them in a really positive and lovely way about loving themselves but I know she wouldn't be able to completely understand or go to the lengths that maybe some students would require her to go to for it actually to be effective I feel like you'd need someone qualified that came and did like a big speech to like the whole year or something but what are you going to do a degree in body positivity like what like this is the qualification this is such a that's a completely different world I don't know yeah it is hard isn't it I guess that's what they have to consider before they bring these topics into school but then they also teach sex education in the worst way so it's like well you do that well you do that so maybe you you have sex you will die yeah literally (laughs) oh my god no for sure for sure right next one we've got is do you see yourself or people who look like you regularly reflected in images in the media and advertising so they've got often sometimes rarely or never what are we saying say rarely that's hopeful that it's rarely yeah rarely is 40 percent yeah and what's the next one um next one's 38% and sometimes so I guess again a bit of progress I mean these are people that are now consuming content from people who have similar body types to them do you know what I mean like and actively seeking it right like Mm -hmm. our followers actively seek to like I get so many messages from these girls and they're like I unfollowed everyone I don't look like because I look like you and the way I feel when I look at your content is so different to when I'm looking at a girl with a six pack or I'm looking at a girl that's really slim or even a girl that's even even larger like the whole scale of things Mm guys I do want to say we're not like anti-skinny people or anti-slim people or anything like that it (laughs) is all about being inclusive but where Charlotte and I are roughly like a size 14 that's the kind of community that we attract because that's they, yeah. they relate to us right for sure for sure and also you can change like who you're following and stuff over time like I was talking about this the mm. other day I can't remember if it was to someone or if it was on a podcast episode but like I unfollowed or muted people for a long while but now I feel like I can have lots of different body types obviously the most prominent body types are like curvier girls like yours, yeah. but I still follow people like I've met a lot of like cool sports people in like Nike shoots and stuff yeah. that all have six packs and stuff but I'm just I just see their content I'm like oh that's that's funny and or whatever and I'm not them. And I'm not looking at their body and focusing on that, yes. which I guess is like a development in my own self-love journey. But. Yeah, definitely. And that's because you've progressed in that way that you're now in a position where you can do that. Mm-hmm. I've only just started as of like the last couple of months, literally, of getting to that stage where I'm like, okay, I can follow you. I can unmute you. Because I would meet people and through networking, like in this industry, if you don't follow someone back, it's like a bit of a slap in the face because we work in in this industry, yeah. right? 
but I will now unmute them or I will now be actively Mm -hmm. following the people that I meet because I'm like not so negative and not comparing myself in the same way that I used to. But it just, you know, you take your time with that. There's no set time on how long that journey is going to take you. You take your time to get to that. When you get to that, you get to that. Yeah, for sure. There's no pressure or a timeline on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then the last one that I've got is a question box about, um, have you ever felt pressure to lose or gain weight because of the media? I put both sides of it because I think a lot of people assume it's always lose weight, but some people... um and it's all absolutely yeah yeah when I was younger not so much now so I'm put lol 15 years of an eating disorder (laughs) great (laughs) keeping it light-hearted I constantly feel the pressure to lose weight yeah yes yes although not directly more so on the comparison side of things so I think yeah the overwhelming response is like yes yeah definitely I think we can both relate to that Mm -hmm. as well right like I definitely still sometimes even though I'm an advocate for Mm -hmm. falling in love with yourself and your body and you know recognizing what's natural and even if it's not natural like you have it so what who cares Mm -hmm. like you you don't you don't need to be a certain size to feel validated but still there are times I catch myself and I'm like oh my god stop comparing yourself should we move into more like your social media sort of journey I guess and how you've started like putting your the parts of your journey or your what did you call it earlier? Your your know. mindset. Yeah, I guess. my mindset changed. Your mindset yeah. changing online and like sharing that with the world. Like, how was that for you? Was there a point where you were like, I want? Because for me, when I started sharing my journey, I was in Bali. I'd just gone to this waterfall and I'd taken my clothes off and I didn't think twice about like, oh my god, like people are looking at my big fat belly. <gasps> like that was like the first time I didn't feel that. And I was like, oh, you like didn't I feel didn't that? feel oh that. Like and I, at the time like again I was a size that is actually quite accepted in the world but I think I'd built this body dysmorphia over the years like yeah. I had people at school like from year six calling me a whale because I just had started puberty at nine like I started my period when I was nine so oh, everything just came to me really like really like, early yeah so I grew like so I was little boobies when you were yeah, ten. <laughs> yeah like, when I met Aiden we were in year seven and I was like so tall compared to him really yeah you're I like just, the same height now is he not taller is he taller? He's taller than me. Yeah. yeah. But I, I've been this height since I was like year seven. No way. Yeah, literally. Like, and I, I was just like this tall, like, I just felt like this tall, big giant, like, you know my whole life. Everyone had a girl like that in their class though, because I remember the girl that we had, <laughs> she was just taller than everyone else. But God, I remember everyone always talking about it and I never once considered how that probably made her feel. Yeah. Oh. I'm like five, 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 six, I think now, but I have been this, like Aiden says, yeah, you were that size when you were year seven. I didn't even make it up. Like I was taller. I was like a normal size, I guess, for my height. And yeah. I just had made it into this like, thing that I was like this big like there was kids calling me a whale and stuff like it was it was quite bad oh, and like looking horrible. back at it I didn't really address a lot of those things when I finally like yeah back to Bali I took my clothes off and I like went to like just chill in the waterfall I was like oh it's so nice to like not feel like self-conscious self-conscious and I think it's from following people online that were similar size to me and I, it just sort of was like a random epiphany moment yeah and I feel like cringe that it was at, in Bali no, like I where- love that for you. <laughs> do you think the fact that you were literally on the other side of the world is what added to that probably you know I don't know anyone here and I'm never going to see them again yeah maybe I think that might have been like sort of the switch and then I'd had these like photos that are still on my like feed and stuff now that I remember Aiden taking them and I wasn't like oh my belly's like rolled over in it like it was but I was just like not stressed about it and I just uploaded it and I was like oh my god this is like the start of everything 
and then, I love that so much. And then because I felt that like amazing feeling, I was like, I want everyone else to feel like this. Like this is actually so nuts. Like and that's how you started. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm literally like, oh, it's made me so emotional. It that's... makes me get goosebumps every time I talk about it because it was like so powerful for me. I was like, oh my god, this is so nice to just take my clothes off and not be like, oh my god, like everyone's there in my body. Oh, like, oh baby, that yeah. is so sweet. No, I love that for you so <laughs> much. You. It's so nice that that was your journey into how you started sharing yourself mm-hmm. online because you in that moment generally felt that way of do you know what I don't care and I, w- I don't want other people to care that's yeah. so fucking nice yeah so that was so sort nice. of like the moment that I started that was like 2019 and there were setbacks and I wasn't like throwing myself like everywhere online about yeah. it like it was only really in lockdown where I was like I actually want to start push, putting like, all my feelings and, this yeah properly like yeah and do, yeah. let me ask you do you still have days now where you're like oh my god I feel awful I feel crap and I, I hate myself yeah I think there are days even recently when I've been to New York because I've my eating pattern was so different there and I was mm. just sort of like being less restrict not that I'm being restrictive now but like I was a bit more like laid back yeah of course. and eating like new foods and different foods and You're, you a lot of carb, times carbs well, which is fine fine to do because I'm on holiday um, it's I think even fine to do when you're at home. Yeah, as well, exactly. Right? Like, you exactly. Don't always have an eating regime. That's normal. <laughs> but I think I just get in my head because it's that whole like you need to lose weight for holiday. Like I still do feel like it's even though I'm not thinking that yeah. there is like a tiny switch in my brain that does flick back to that. So almost like you, your brain considers thinking that, and then you're like, no, I'm no. not going to do that to myself this time. <laughs> exactly. So I think come back like I feel like a bit more lethargic because I was eating a lot of foods that did like that were like short-term yeah sugars and whatever yeah. rather than like long-term like good foods I think it did just like take its toll on my like mental health like my energy level so I yeah. feel like coming back I've been like Ugh. and do you know what Charlotte when you are like it is so typical when you're on holiday you eat more and yeah you're, you don't have a proper regime with your food and your exercise whatever but because you're eating like the carbs you're in New York you're eating a lot of more sugar American food has a lot of sugar mm-hmm. in it I mean a lot more sugar and salt your body is naturally gonna blow so you probably did blow a bit a bit <laughs> you probably did bloat a bit and then when you're in the hotel looking in the mirror getting ready in the morning or going to bed at night you're feeling like a, you're feeling how you felt mm-hmm. you're feeling negative about yourself but you probably do look slightly mm-hmm. different so it's getting to that stage where you're like okay I'm bloated and mm-hmm. I, I am I have put in a little bit of weight yeah. or I, I am this and that whatever you probably won't put on a bit of weight in a couple of days by the way guys. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um you you can still feel those negative emotions because they mm-hmm. are it is normal but yeah. then you come back home and you get into a routine and you feel much better but I think it's really really normal to emphasize it's really important to emphasize how normal it is to fluctuate in not just weight as in kgs or pounds but in size yeah because you do bloat so much yeah even just feeling yourselves yeah oh my god i've never actually spoken about this i'm sure there's so many people that also go through the same thing i literally can't poo when i go on holiday for the first like like quite a few days you not? no like I don't know what and I've, I've researched it and there's something to do with it and I can't remember like the scientific terms or? but after yeah so after you've flown like when it's something to do with the pressures and like I literally couldn't poo for five days <laughs> No how way. bad is that like obviously you're not supposed to poo every day guys oh my god I can move for five days so like my stomach was like rock solid because I'm obviously eating so many meals that must have just made you feel so much worse like, as well because so you're not digesting everything and letting it all out I know the toxins oh my I god know. see I don't know I have never noticed that but I have noticed I'm, so, I, I'm sorry I have, if I've made someone notice it now no I love it no you've got you've got to have this self-awareness guys yeah. come on um, I'm gonna look out for that because I'm flying next week so I'm gonna look out for that to see if I poo on my yeah. chin next week yeah 
like I was like so desperate I'm like what can I do and then I'm like no I just need to let my body be my body yeah, and hope that yeah lots of water yeah lots of water lots of spinach mm-hmm. a lot of folic acid <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. yeah I just thought I'd mention that in case anyone else has also thought like why am I not pooing or something but there is actually some sort of scientific reason I don't know yeah. what it is I'm go search out <laughs> yeah literally so I'm gonna talk a little bit about yeah. me getting started on social media and what like caused me to yeah. decide to share this so I actually started on social media with my fitness journey mm-hmm. I had lost the weight so I had gone from a size 16 18 down to a size 10 to 12 like I had gone on that journey which I told you guys um about just a few minutes ago and I was it, during lockdown I basically just wanted something to do because we were all so bored I still had my full time job I was working from home but I was actually in the transition of a promotion at the time mm. but where we had just gone into lockdown it was a total shit show mm-hmm. and no one really knew what they were doing I didn't really have a role and I was milking that for as long as I can I was like I'm not going to push you to give me tasks because I can do whatever I want I'm at home <laughs> so yeah. I wasn't I wasn't asking for it so I had all this spare time in my hands right and I was living with my sister because I just I couldn't I, actually funny you speak of Bali I was in Bali when lockdown hit and I had to come home it was my first holiday with Henry a big one I know Aww. but after being with my ex for so long and us breaking up I was like do you know what I'm not going on any of these small little city breaks anymore we're going on a long haul holiday because that's when you find out if it's make or break I want to know if we are going to last or not and I'm very happy to say that you know he's great (laughs) but we got stuck there during uh, lockdown and so instead of coming home and going to my parents because I that just gave me so much anxiety because of being trapped in the room mm-hmm. with or in a house with someone you love is still a lot and to do that with people I do love my parents but to do that with people we don't have a good relationship with it scared the shit out of me so I moved to my sisters and I'm so grateful again that my sister was always there for me in every aspect of my life god I did not appreciate her enough when I was younger (laughs) but I moved to my sister's and I was going crazy because we slept in the same bed we worked from the same desk and it was a one bed flat with no garden so and every time I wanted to go for a walk in the evening she wanted to come with me and she wouldn't go for a walk on her own so I felt responsible to bring her on the walks with me or else she literally wouldn't go out of the house for like four days at Mm -hmm. a time but I was going crazy and I was like you know what I just need something to do that you're not involved in (laughs) and I started going on TikTok making recipe videos the recipe videos started popping off because everyone else is at home with nothing to do they wanted to cook and I was showing the recipe videos I was showing were like low calorie mac and cheese low calorie one pot pasta so they're all really like um indulgent dishes but you can still eat them in a in a healthy way but it was basically Mm -hmm. down to the portion sizes and upping your protein (laughs) that was like the whole the whole idea behind it but I started doing that and they were picking up loads everyone was loving them and I was like okay well I'm just gonna share like my weight loss journey and I basically did a transformation video where I just showed like a before and after losing weight and that's when I really went viral all the questions were coming in how did you do it like I want to know everyone wants to know how to lose weight especially during lockdown everyone was Mm -hmm. So on that fitness hype and I fully like just dove straight into it mm-hmm. and suddenly within like the first couple of months I'm like oh my god I got a thousand followers on TikTok I've got 10,000 followers on TikTok a hundred thousand followers on TikTok and I was just blowing up That's and nuts. yeah it was cool and That's it was so cool. very exciting at the mm-hmm. time I always had an interest in social media I did YouTube when I was at uni like shout out to my friends and family that subscribed to me literally no one else watched it <laughs> to be honest I don't think they watched it because my videos are so bad no. <laughs> but I always had that natural interest in putting myself out there on social media anyway and so I started off with the fitness stuff and and um, my niche and like what I was really trying to do from my agenda was to teach people how to do it in a healthy and sustainable way. Yeah. And they were the two words that 
cropped up in every single one of my videos this is healthy this is sustainable if you lose this weight you can put the work in and lose it but you'll keep it off forever if you continue to work on your mindset and your lifestyle change you don't just think okay i'm gonna lose weight for this holiday and then you go back to your old habits it's, it was really about changing those habits mm -hmm. and looking after your body mm -hmm. and also not restricting yourself and i think that's why i did so well because so many other accounts were like okay go on a calorie deficit and you'll lose this weight but they're putting you on like 1200 calories or 1500 calories something that's not sustainable and you're not allowed to eat all of this shit and you're not allowed to have chocolate in the week you have one cheat day a week sorry but that teaches you to have doesn't teach you anything about food and it also teaches you to have such a negative relationship with food because suddenly food is either a uh, punishment there's either guilt involved when you've eaten it when you're not supposed to because it's not on your cheat day or it's a reward by having your cheat day and that's your reward for your hard work in the week of not overindulging no <laughs> stop it <laughs> just eat what you want to eat when you want to eat it and focus on your portion sizes and upping your protein and it's not just protein for muscle mm -hmm. it's protein because protein okay i'll go a little bit science on you for a second the amino acids in protein take longer to break down in your body and longer to digest so they keep you fuller for longer and that's why having a protein rich diet helps you in so many ways and i don't mean diet in the way of a slimming world diet i mean diet as in the balance of food that you eat so you will gain muscle you'll get stronger it's good for your brain and you are also feeding yourself with food that is going to keep you fuller for longer mm -hmm. so I'm gonna fast forward all of this weight loss talk for a sec and I'm gonna bring you to my first body positive post. And I was still very much- the This is on TikTok. This is on Instagram now Instagram. actually. So when I started my TikTok, I like started the Instagram page the same day. And well, it was like after I, the videos had gone viral, when I realized I could do something with it, I was like, okay, I'm gonna change my name mm -hmm. to Weight Loss of Rosie on TikTok. And then I also opened an Instagram account called Weight Loss of Rosie. Mm -hmm. So I did all this on the same day, June 22nd, 2020. I remember to the, to the evening, it was about 10 p.m. when I did it overnight. Yeah. And then um, I was talking about uh, losing weight and everything and so many people were saying to me you know i just don't know how to lose weight i want to get rid of my stretch marks or if I, i'm afraid if i lose weight i'm gonna have all these stretch marks and i was like well hold on what's wrong with your stretch marks i've got stretch marks and i didn't mind them they weren't even as prominent as they are now but i just generally didn't mind them so i thought okay, i can't want to do a little post and i'm going to show everyone the stretch marks on my belly and show people well realistically if you lose weight like i lost however many stone three and a half stone i lost in the end you're gonna have stretch marks and if you have them if you do even if you do it the health healthy way but it doesn't fucking matter if you have stretch marks like who cares and mm -hmm. stop trying to buy ointments to like get rid of them and stop yeah. you know really doesn't matter it's natural for your body to have stretch marks if your weight has fluctuated some, yeah. at some stage in your life i actually saw a little even just growing like just growing into your adult body yeah, like you get yeah. them even if you haven't like gained a significant amount of weight or lost it or you haven't lost a significant amount of weight and gained it like they're just a normal part of you growing like mm. your body's getting bigger yeah. like your bones growing everything right so um, I saw this quote when I was younger and it always stuck in my head. I can't remember it word for word, but it was basically saying, describing a woman's body, saying that if it has stretch marks, it's that those stretch marks tell a story. She's been on a journey, whether mm -hmm. that's weight gain, weight loss, giving birth, whatever it is, 
they signify and they symbolize something so beautiful that Mm -hmm. that body has done and has experienced and that really stuck with me because then after my uh, weight loss journey when I did start having uh, stretch marks my relationship with my stretch marks was quite healthy because I was like well they symbolize the journey that I've just been on and I felt so empowered by my Mm -hmm. capabilities and my self-discipline and everything that I had done for myself in that year that I only ever had a healthy relationship with those stretch marks and so that's what I was trying to encourage and engage with my audience with so that was my first real post and I'm standing there with this like little blue top on I have I had my hair in French plaits the night before so it was all out really curly and I'm literally standing there with one hand on my head and one hand behind like on my hip or whatever and I'm like look at my stretch marks and my belly's all out and it just received really really well yeah I was gonna say did it go down well yeah it went down really well everyone loved it and that's when I started thinking to myself well if I'm gonna talk about weight loss I'm gonna talk about you know going to the gym more and eating in a calorie deficit I also want to talk about the body positive side so that people aren't getting so hooked up into just losing weight that they're actually looking at their bodies and learning to love their bodies for what they are and Mm -hmm. listen girls men women he she they you can love your body and still want to change it you don't suddenly get to a stage where you're now your dream goal your dream weight whatever your dream size and now you love your body you need to focus on learning to love your body in that process but also accept the fact that you don't just change your body when you hate it you can change your body when you love it as well Mm -hmm. you know yeah for sure oh (laughs) it's so nice it's nice to hear your story and like how it started off because I feel like even though we know so many people probably that do like share their like self-image journey or whatever you never really hear how it starts and like what that like the real in-depth detail this is what happened to me but I do want to like just mention quickly about um the self-love side of things so for me there was a real turning point in the Mm. last year where should we talk about like the tips the self-love like the key tips so I've got a couple tips when it comes to like learning learning to love yourself and obviously it was for me what showed me that I'm capable of loving myself was doing something that I struggled with for a really long time and achieving it which was the weight loss right the first thing it's not really a tip it's actually like a theory I call Mm -hmm. it the brain theory there's probably an Mm -hmm. official term for it but it's your brain is constantly working to prove itself right. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you say, you do, whatever, your brain is constantly trying to prove itself right. So if you're walking past a mirror and you're like, oh my God, I look so ugly. If you are picking on yourself and you're saying, oh, I feel this way, I look this way, or my eyebrows are disgusting, or I have like really saggy boobs, something I say to myself all the time. <laughs> I have really, really saggy boobs. Your brain throughout the day is gonna pick up on a lot of tiny little things, like nuances that happen. and it's gonna be using those things to like prove to itself that it's right. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna turn and look in the mirror and you're standing on your side and your brain will pick up on the fact that your boob is a little bit saggier than maybe the girl next to you's is. And you're gonna be like, yeah, your boobs are saggy. Like your brain is trying to prove yourself right to yourself, yeah. right? So it's constantly trying to prove itself right. So the way that you talk to yourself, and this is probably my biggest tip, the way that you talk to yourself has so much fucking impact on your relationship with your body. It is so, 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 so important that you recognize the way that you talk to yourself Mm -hmm. holds so much weight to it. So Mm -hmm. if you are constantly like, oh my God, I look really pretty, or in the morning when I feel good, I'll say to myself in the mirror, like, you look good today, you know? Maybe I'll say it in my head, whatever. But I will say, 
you look good today. I really like my makeup today, Charlotte. I'm like, hell yeah, my makeup looks great. And I will say these things to yeah. myself. So then throughout the day, I'm like going past a mirror or a window shop. I'm looking in the mirror. My brain's trying to prove that right to me as well. So I'm going past and I'm like, oh wow, like my makeup does look really nice today. Oh, I kind of look pretty. Yeah, you know, so you're true. not going to constantly feel amazing about yourself. Mm -hmm. But the way that you talk to yourself is really important because your brain is always trying to prove yourself right. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know where to start, start with how you talk to yourself. Yeah, I think adding on to that, like my favorite quote that hit me, like whenever I first started like going into my just sort of like discovery was the talk to yourself like someone you love yeah that is like it literally like hit the nail on the head yes. for me I don't know if people have heard it and are sick of that phrase now but I will always say that as one of my like top tips because you genuinely wouldn't say all this shit to people you love like yeah I wouldn't go wouldn't. I wouldn't go mum like your stretch marks actually make me feel a bit sick today <laughs> do you know what I mean like you it's just bizarre it sick. yeah why would you ever say that <laughs> you I mean. would never say that it's just bizarre or like Oh, you're looking a bit like ugly and fat today. You wouldn't to you, you my brother. Not, like no, yeah. like you just wouldn't. Also, you wouldn't think it either. So it's yeah. not even the fact that you wouldn't just the act of saying it. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't even think it. It doesn't even come into your brain, but it comes into your brain about you because we are our own worst critics. Critic, yeah. And you need to change that shift of how you talk to yourself so that you're instead of automatically criticizing yourself, you're empowering yourself and you're helping yourself feel better. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. Talk to yourself. Uh, like you're someone that you love because mm -hmm. you want to learn how to love yourself so start practicing loving yourself yeah. you know 100% yeah that's I just had to like butt in and just no, say that because that. that's like one of my favourite quotes and I feel like it always makes me think like yeah this is fucking stupid like why am I saying this shit to myself when yeah. I wouldn't say it to other people and like you're supposed to have your own back at the end of the day like you're yeah. with yourself for the rest of your life so why why not talk to yourself in a, in a way that's gonna uplift you and empower you and make you thrive do you know what I say I always say be your own biggest hype man be mm -hmm. your own biggest hype man because at the end of the day you may have a boyfriend that hypes you up or a girlfriend or whoever someone in your life that really hypes you up and feel, makes you feel amazing but they can't read your mind and know exactly when to do that when you need it like if you're having a down day then unless you tell them like I'm having a down day I need some hyping up like they're not necessarily gonna say what you want to hear at the yeah. right time right but it's also not their responsibility. So don't put that pressure on them and just be your own biggest hype man instead. So I am my own biggest hype man because if I have achieved something or I've done something, I'll turn around and be like, I'm so proud of myself. I fucking nailed that. Like I did so well. And I'm my own biggest hype man now. And that, when you start doing that for yourself, like it rubs off in every other aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. So I do that with work. I do that with like, if I've achieved something mentally, like I've had a great therapy session today. I'm so yeah. proud of myself for opening up. Like you just, you've got to be your own biggest hype mm -hmm. man and don't be ashamed of it. Like embrace be doing that. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I think because as women, especially, we're told that like, going back to what you said at the beginning, like we're boasting, yeah. you're cocky or arrogant. And I think we're told so m much that it's a bad thing to be your biggest hype man and yeah. say all these positive things about yourself when you're actually- like an idiot. Yeah, when actually it's, that's why women aren't thriving as much as they should be because we're told to like hold ourselves back and this is why it's a fucking male driven world because we've yeah. been told that we're too much like so yeah before we get into that don't, don't worry about being modest or being humble like boast please boast and do you know what I love I've got this one follower I'm not going to name her I don't know if she wants to be named but I've got this one follower who I have spoken to probably since I started my mm -hmm. account for about two years now and she will literally send me pictures of herself before a night out and be like Rosie I look so fucking good tonight look at me and I'm like yes I fucking I love, love that. that and that's exactly what I want for you guys not necessarily to send people pictures of you but to have that mindset where you're like 
I'm okay with hyping myself up when I want to hype myself up. Yeah. And you will you are the most stable person in your life. Even mm. if you are unstable, like some of us, you <laughs> are still the most stable and consistent person in your life. So why not make yourself your own biggest hype man? I just mm. think it's so important. Make 100%. yourself your own biggest hype man. Yeah. yeah. Is there like one piece of advice or like something that you want to give out to people right now who are listening, who may be struggling right now to yeah. even start their journey or are in a really negative place with themselves and they're sort of, yeah, like looking for someone to listen to? Is there anything that you could like, maybe even just wrapping something up that you've already said in the episode? Yeah, definitely. Like what I said about being your own biggest hype man, I think is really the foundation for it and how you talk to yourself mm-hmm. off the back of that it's so important to talk to yourself like you love yourself mm-hmm. like you said because you would talk that's how you talk to someone else mm-hmm. that you love so learning to love yourself if you are in a really deep and dark place or even if you're just in a place where you're quite neutral but you want to learn how to love yourself whatever your situation just practice treating yourself a bit better Mm -hmm. you know for me it was the real um acts of self-care which really helped me and I only started really doing them because I was trying to encourage my followers to do them but it was buying myself flowers because why do you need someone else to buy flowers buy yourself flowers and it's that whole act and that conscious shift in your mindset I'm gonna just buy myself flowers because they're pretty and I feel good when I receive flowers so let me do it for myself and god honestly it feels so much better than when Henry buys me flowers when I buy myself flowers and he's gone off lucky now because he never has to buy me flowers but (laughs) I always buy myself flowers but doing little things like buying yourself flowers or going to the gym because you like how it makes you feel not because you need to change yourself or because you need to do this Mm -hmm. or do that you like how it makes you feel do it just whatever the reason do it for you and Mm -hmm. whatever you do like let's say tomorrow morning let's what day is it tomorrow it's Friday tomorrow no it's Thursday tomorrow Wednesday tomorrow it's Wednesday tomorrow god I'm so behind so it's Wednesday tomorrow it's Wednesday my dudes do you know that yeah. you know that from mine so um wake up tomorrow morning and even if you leave the house like 10 or 15 minutes earlier go to a coffee shop and instead of just buying your black americano because you think that's all you should have in the morning whatever it is get the drink that you want maybe that is what you want get the drink that you want and treat yourself to something you know it might be a lollipop a, a bloody croissant whatever it is Mm -hmm. just treat yourself to something and get into a habit of doing that at least once a week Mm -hmm. of treating yourself to something for you because you want to do it for you and you deserve it and Mm -hmm. you love you so yeah i'm doing this today and it's Mm -hmm. just those acts of self-love i think Mm -hmm. it starts there because that's real the the physical and practical Mm -hmm. stuff and then it's it comes later down the line i think when people are ready and get more comfortable Mm -hmm. but learning how to say no in in terms of setting boundaries with other people Mm -hmm. that is where it really hits you that's where it gets really serious with your self-love journey because yes I've learned how to look after myself each week and make myself feel good and how I'm treating myself whatever but that can only go so far if you are not taking care of your mental health and Mm -hmm. one big thing for me and I know it's the same for you Charlotte is learning how to say no and not having that guilt of saying no afterwards as well Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah (laughs) again that's perfectly because I was going to add on something and it sort of ties in nicely with that is like saying no and also making sure you protect your energy like oh my god because although you can be doing the most work for yourself if you're surrounded by someone who is going to take that energy away from you put you down and stop you from believing that you're the fucking most important person in your life it is it's so important and I went to a thing recently where Anna Williamson was talking and she said she got this advice where you like your top five people around you like think of your top five closest people there you're a product of those people yeah definitely and like 
do you know I mean like you pick up on the small sayings and all things like you know they do but like deep down like these people are what are shaping you right now so if one person in those five are making you feel like shit say they call you and you're thinking oh I just don't want to talk to them right now I'll put that off yeah like things like that you need to let them go like yeah. you need to let them go and it's so hard and like I'm still like struggling to do those things but I know that it's so important for my mental health like long term to cut people off or at least distance yourself if you're not very like savage as a person which I'm not very so yeah. I like I think distancing is a very it doesn't come to you naturally yeah. so it's something you have to consciously practice mm-hmm. is turning around and it's a form of boundary setting right mm-hmm. and I think boundary setting and especially for me it's kind of it, it's it's even further I know I've said I had a lot of turning points in my self-love journey but that's because it is a it's like a it's not even a circle but it's just a constant journey like you're constantly progressing you're constantly on it and boundary setting with some people that are extremely close to me in terms of like biologically extremely close to me boundary setting with them was one of the hardest things I have ever done and it has paid off so immensely because I suddenly have this weight lifted from my shoulders, I suddenly can breathe as a person that I am and I no longer feel guilty for not doing what they want me to do because it's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Suddenly it's actually, no, I don't have that relationship with you so I'm not going to do that with you and I don't feel comfortable and it's a very triggering and toxic environment for me, This the one I'm referring to and I don't feel comfortable in it so I'm going to stop putting myself in it. I feel like you guys will kind of gather who I'm talking about because of Mm -hmm. everything else we've said in the podcast but it's really important to learn how to set that boundary and say no. I say say no but obviously it's you end up saying different things whatever the situation is but it's recognizing that you're allowed to say no and how you feel in an environment is so important that you recognize that because that does have such a direct impact on you yeah I think and that and it just ties in with that you can be practicing all these self-love things but without those boundaries that also can interfere with you progressing and being your like best version of yourself definitely definitely yeah so so I hope that helped and I'm gonna go into what the previous guest has asked for you it's really really don't worry so oh yes question time you've got a question so how this is such an interesting one because I couldn't think of one for myself what is your most useless skill useless useless oh my god I love this question um this is a tough question so the the girl that asked this in the previous episode is actually she showed me hers and it's this like thing that she can do with her tongue I've never seen anyone be able to do it in their whole life and she like can do them like Little, like, a, like, like a little wave yeah I've never seen it it's so bizarre oh my god okay but, practical skills so it doesn't have to, think of... no but that's that was hers you yeah. can think of any other sort of skill or oh my god. random thing that you can do that's it. like pretty pointless basically god I feel like the question I'm gonna ask the next guest is so much deeper than this oh no oh no I quite like it though because it flips between the yeah next... I love that I love that okay most useless skin well I can I feel like this is a cop out but I can touch my nose with my tongue I have a really long tongue I love that. That's pretty useless. It doesn't do anything but like rub my highlight off. God, oh yeah, that's my, my most useless We love, we love. So what's your question for the next guest? So my question for the next guest is going to... I'm going to ask them to dive into their past a little bit. Similar to what we were saying a minute ago about boundary setting. Um, think to a situation in your life, however many years or days or moments ago it was, think to a situation where you feel that you should have said no, but you didn't because you just... You weren't ready. You weren't, you weren't there in your journey. You weren't in that headspace to feel confident in setting that boundary. Think to yourself, and then ask yourself what would have happened if I had said no in that situation mm-hmm. would you have felt felt better you may not know because it could 
could be a situation where you have no idea what the outcome would have been. You may have caused an argument that you're scared of, whatever. But what would yeah, what go back would to have, that think, time. Try to think what would have happened if you had said no. I like that yeah. question. Yeah, I love okay, that. Good. I'm so well, happy. Thank you very much for joining me. I'll obviously leave all of Rosie's socials in the podcast description so you can go check them out. Yes, like please. Instagram, TikTok, and, and I'm releasing my very own podcast on January first, twenty twenty three. So just to give you like, can I give them like a little yeah, go for it. Let me plug myself for a minute. So. I my first episode is going to be about self-love and we're going to talk kind of similar about what we've talked today but we're going to talk a lot about the things that we've touched on in a very different light yeah um and I'm gonna really try to educate you guys on going on this self-love journey how to start where to start and my key my core tips kind of thing so we're going to do that first episode but the whole idea behind my podcast is I want it to be a place like I want to be your insta big sis I want to be your like pocket pal that you can pick up and you listen to these episodes and you just have a fucking good time listening. Yeah. So every second episode is going to be a, a dilemmas episode. So you guys can send me your dilemmas and myself and a special guest are going to sit down and go through them all together, give you our best agony aunt tips and whatever, and um, answer all of them. But every other episode, other than those ones, is going to be a themed episode. And so the first one, self-love. I feel like it's such a pivotal day, the 1st of January, to talk about how to start your new year, getting into better habits, looking after yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to talk about self-love. But then we're talking all things from like growing up in a small town versus living in a big city and like how that's affected my mental health, how that's affected just me as a person, how that's brought greatness to my life, how it's caused crap in my life. And I'm going to be talking about that with my best friend Paige because she is also experience the same stuff but in a very different way but then we're also going to touch on things like relationships friendships and friendships because we've all had shit friends in our time right and then we're going to go deep right down into it from one scale to the other and I grew up with a lot of racism in my life so we're going to talk about growing up with racism Mm -hmm. and Charlotte's going to come on and do an episode talking about grief Mm -hmm. I'm someone that's I would say, I don't know if I'm in denial or I've dismissed it my whole life, but haven't experienced grief mm-hmm. in a direct way, mm-hmm. whereas you're someone that has. And I feel like we've had such different experiences yeah. with it. So it'll be so amazing to just sit down and yeah. chat about it. It will be nice because I feel like I interview, like I have like a grief sub-series on here that some of you guys might have listened to. I know it's obviously a heavy subject, so I know some people might just dismiss those it's episodes. It's too much for some, yeah. Um, but... I feel like because I'm always talking about their story like I never really talk about mine on there yeah. so it will be nice to come on yours and sort of like talk about how I feel towards my situation and how it's affected definitely. me definitely and it, it definitely is someone like you said who you you ask a lot of questions to other people and I mm. want to give you that space and that platform where mm-hmm. you can sit down and safely and comfortably talk about your own experiences yeah. and also the fact that we have had such different experiences mm-hmm. like I'm not exposed to the way that you possibly have felt because I just don't yeah. know and I mm-hmm. want to know and understand so yeah, yeah. Thanks it's really good I'm excited yeah thank <laughs> you so much for your time and everything oh, and sharing all of your you. wisdom and your story no thank you so much for having me guys thank you so much we it's love Rosie amazing, yeah make sure you go check her out and that's it for season one of It's Your Life and This Is Mine the podcast I really hope you enjoyed season one I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking to all these amazing guests raising awareness of all of their different causes or controversial topics their stories things they wanted to discuss their past experiences let me know if there's any other topics you want us to cover or if you want to come on and share your own story then please get in touch over on the instagram it's your life pod or via email i hope you have an amazing christmas and a happy new year and i will see you all for season two in january bye